now. Hi, welcome to Conversations with Kika. On today's podcast, we're having Inyolua. And it's going to be a super interesting conversation because Inyi is a very fascinating personality. And she's she's been active in the motherhood space, not just by being a mother, but by actually contributing towards knowledge and sharing her experience already and some of the things that she's she's kind of done. And, and I think it will be a fun conversation. So E, welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to have you too on the podcast. So as a quick list disclaimer, in our non-podcast life, me and E were colleagues, we're both engineers. So that was how we met. And uh, I think from the very first day I met Ian, I know that I kind of knew she was, she was amazing. You know, her insight is always on point. So Ian, please, your insight, come and unload it on our listeners. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're, you're someone that, that um, I'm happy to also know and um, have as a friend. So yeah. Basically, I'm very excited to be here. Trust me, I am. <laughs> and I'm ready to dish out all the insights. <laughs> Today is Sunday, so yeah, this is like Sunday rice. Yes, you know, as the day hot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, usually, uh, the, the focus for this, I think is like season one. I haven't seasoned the podcast yet. I'm just letting it just flow and let the spirit lead however it goes. But so that's so usually at this point I focus on having conversations like the earlier age, like during the pregnancy and the first couple of months of giving birth and try to capture that experience. All right. Okay. So, so before we start, how about you kind of like introduce your family settings to, to the listeners? So like how many kids you have and all that. Oh, okay. All right. Um, my name is Inyolua. As you have said already, I'm an engineer by profession. Mm-hmm. And um, I got married in 2017. Wow. So my husband, yeah. <laughs> and um, I, we had our first son in 2018, December 2018. Okay. And we had our second son in May 2020. So I got pregnant for my second son when my yeah. first son was just eight months old. So that's another that's another story on its own. So yeah, I have two sons that are about let's say one and a half years apart. Well, that's 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 Cool. That's cool. So, like, first questions: Are you one of those people that said, "Oh, I wait three years after marriage to give birth or something"? Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes. And I and I, <laughs> I always tell people not to say that thing because I think the more you say that, the less the probability of that happening. So it's like if you say it too much, you're probably going to get pregnant <laughs> maybe <laughs> on your wedding night or the next month. <laughs> Or something, you know, like I don't know. I I I haven't really seen anyone that that has that personally. I I'm I'm sure it has worked out for some, but personally, I haven't seen 
anyone that that has worked out for to be very honest i haven't i think the reason is because um sorry sorry yeah i think the reason is because typically um people advise that if you've not had any children okay you shouldn't do family planning if you've not had children at all i don't really know why people advise that to be very honest but okay Thinking about it, it sort of makes logical sense, right? Like, why am I doing family planning when I haven't even had children yet? I don't know. This is a psychological mm-hmm. um, thing to it. Okay, so the person that actually told me was my aunt. And then mm-hmm. she was like, oh, imagine when you now actually want to start having children. The children are not now forthcoming. And you've already done family planning. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? And, you know, the thing just messed up my, <laughs> my thinking about it. You know, so um it was just like okay i don't want to have children and all that and the truth is without family planning um it's not really foolproof do you understand yeah, so yeah. i guess that's why it happens that most times even when you say oh i want to wait and all that and all that it doesn't really 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 work out i don't know <laughs> you know like uh, i think the two people i spoke to like two ladies in the previous conversation they said literally the same thing you just said I yeah. think you know, you know that your daughter's wife and all that. So she was she was on the podcast and she said the same thing. Oh, they planned. Then the other lady, Marilyn, I had earlier on, she said the same thing. And I think it's very typical for career ladies. So every everybody wants to get married, and you know you want to be able to plan it in such a way that when you decide to give birth, it doesn't was the word. Like it kind of like balances exactly. out your career, so you don't have exactly. to exactly, exactly, so, yeah, yeah. So so far so good. It's well, you heard it here. Inya said it. If you keep saying it, <laughs> probably you'll be working. It for you. <laughs> and and the good thing about your 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 perspective today on the podcast is, like you you had like two kids, so yeah. um, so the experience from the first one. We'll definitely like to hear about it then it also gives you the added benefit of okay first time it was without experience second time you know yeah. what you're looking forward to so yeah so i would like to hear so let's let's just let's just dive into it so how did you feel when you first found out you were pregnant okay so like i said i, I wasn't planning to get pregnant for my first when i got pregnant we weren't planning to have a child just yet so mm-hmm. i remember that day when i did i i used the home pregnancy test kit and all mm-hmm. and then of course it turned out positive my husband was in the bathroom with me and then we just kept staring at the the pregnancy strip i you know i had to tell him babe it's not like our standing and staring is going to change this result from <laughs> positive to negative. So uh, let's just let's just act like we were standing like some magic was going to happen and then the results would change. And I'm like, why exactly are we both standing and looking, you know? And then we both start laughing and and yeah, we just moved on basically. There was nothing, there was nothing really much to it, but from that time mm-hmm. um well I, I told myself even though we weren't planning to have children just yet we have nine whole months to prepare do you understand it's not like you get pregnant today you give birth 
tomorrow. And I think that's actually one very good thing, right? So you have nine months to prepare both financially, spiritually, mentally, psychologically, in every way. And that sort of gave us um, comfort, you know, and yeah, let's just say we started preparing from then on in so many ways. And I just wanted to make sure that we're ready in every way when the ninth month came and, um, you know, when yeah. we finally delivered our son. And yeah, so that was it for me. I, it was good. I, I, I've always believed that because of stories that my mom told me, and I, and I think um, I must say that I grew up in a very, I grew up in a very cool family, actually. Not okay. perfect, but yeah, very cool. In the sense that um, I, there's so many things that I didn't even know, I didn't even know used to happen, right? Till I grew up and started hearing the mm-hmm. stories of people, you know. So I thought every, everyone's family was like mine, you know, where you could talk to your parents, you know, do things with them, speak freely, make your decisions and all that. It wasn't a perfect family, like I said. And, you know, even growing up now makes yeah. me realize how imperfect my family was. But the truth is, as a, as a child, it felt like a perfect family. And... Um, it had a very positive impact on, on my, on my personality and my views. Yeah. So I remember my mom telling me that when she was pregnant for me, she had a very smooth pregnancy. Even the delivery was in like 10 minutes. I mean, like when I say in like 10 minutes from, so, you know, you go into labor, Mm -hmm. right. From the time labor starts, you go into labor and then when it's not really time to push the baby, right? Mm-hmm. Labor actually could be very fast. Labor could be like one, two hours. You understand? Okay. It depends. Labor could be for a whole day. Labor could be extremely long, you know? So mm-hmm. because of the story she told me, I had this, somewhere at the back of my mind, mm-hmm. I knew that... Um, I could have a very positive experience and I was determined to have a very positive experience mm-hmm. and maybe because of that determination of um, I, I started, you know, doing everything that, that I knew how to do to make me have that positive experience, which was really helpful because I think a lot of times, you know, our minds are very powerful. Mm-hmm. extremely powerful and I'm not saying that you know I it was because of all the things that I did you know and all that no I'm just saying that I did have a very positive mindset and it turned out really well for me and of course God was very merciful God was very kind and all that but never at the point was I without that confidence that it would go well you know and sometimes i believe really when we believe that things will go well yeah it, it, things might not really go as well as we had thought but yeah. i mean 80 percent of the time 90 percent of the time things really turn out well when we are 
really positive and confident about it, you know. So I think that's, that's what it was. I sort of broke down the things that I needed to know into different compartments, like so mm -hmm. spiritual, physical, financial, material. And I broke them down and I listed like goals in each aspect, you know, that kind uh -huh. of thing. And it really helped me to um, plan things and, you know, um, enjoy the nine months. So let me give you an example. Right, so please. I discovered that um, there are nine fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. And there are nine months of pregnancy. So mm -hmm. for each month, I was going to pray for one fruit of the spirit for my unborn child. So the first month was love. I was praying that God will fill him with spirit of love. Second month was joy. You know, I am someone that I do not believe in complex things. And I believe in doing the same because I'm, to be very honest, I'm not, I'm not the most... Um, I'm not the most hardworking person, do you understand? And I've just discovered my mm -hmm. personality. So I do what works for me. That is why I could hear like everybody doing something. And if it doesn't work for me, it doesn't work for me. So I don't believe in complex stuff, but I like to take one simple stuff that I know that no matter how lazy I am on a particular day, I can do this thing even in my laziest mood, you know? So I just took very simple things. I mean, it sounds so basic, right? But I, I did things that were very easy, you know, and Google was my best friend. I mean, um, <laughs> Google was, was really my best friend. I would Google everything. And, you know, I found, uh, I, I wouldn't really say that um, I had any sort of guidance, actually, to be very honest. I really wouldn't say that I had any sort of guidance. Yeah. I, yeah, it was just basically myself, my husband, you know, we just, we're basically just figuring out everything on our own. And it sort okay. of made it fun, right? It sort of made it fun. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's always very good to have a supportive partner. If there's anything I, I had known about my husband before we even got married was the fact that I knew that he was going to be an amazing father. Like he was, I was, I could take that to the bank. Do you understand? I could take that to the bank. I mean, marriage is not, um, it, it comes with its challenges and all that and all that. But one thing that has never been challenged, to be very honest, is how amazing a father my husband is. So um, he had always been, you know, supportive. We're Googling things together as first time parents. That's how yeah. I came across various apps that were helpful, various things that were helpful. Uh, my mom was strong at the time, so I couldn't really, um, she was really, 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 really down. So I couldn't even um, ask her things, right? Uh, you know, we'll talk once in a while, ask her one, of, one or two things, but it wasn't like, you know, the way I was supposed to interact with her because of her health and all that. And um, yeah, I didn't exactly. Okay, so I had I had one older friend who was very very kind to me. Um, she was the one that I asked a lot of questions. She was one that I asked a lot of questions a lot of times. But yeah, apart from her, it was just myself, my husband, and Google. 
all the apps I discovered, nobody recommended them to me. All the things I did, like 90% of them, nobody um, recommended them to us. And, you know, we're just there. And thinking back, it was really fun. But then the challenge came when I had to put to bed. So mm. pregnancy was smooth and everything. And then when I had to put to bed, my water broke and the baby wasn't just coming out. Mm. So I was induced because induction, there are different forms of induction. Okay. So there are some, yeah, there are some forms of induction that are less, um, how will I put it? They are less serious, less, impactful germs and so for instance they could just give you a pill to put under your tongue and that could work yeah. if that is not working they insert stuff if that doesn't work they i think there's this um there's this stuff they could that, that is like a drip i think i'm, I'm not really sure there's this stuff that is like a drip and then once it gets into your blood your body it yeah. induces the um contractions and all that so i was given the i mean the one that is like the most basic form which is the i was given like a tablet to put under my tongue so mm. after that tablet melted so that was after 12 hours so my mm. water broke around let's say 6 37 in the evening i went to the hospital i didn't feel anything at all i slept through the night you know normally the contraction yeah. was now supposed to progress from there right yeah. i didn't feel anything at all till morning you know nurse came at eight and she's like you're still not feeling anything nine o'clock you're still not feeling anything ten o'clock okay and then she, i think it was around nine she gave me that um okay. pill mainly the pill melted and or because you just put it under your tongue and then it will melt so after it melted i started feeling contractions and you know contractions were there till about two so mm -hmm. I, okay, yeah, then it was ready. Yeah, I, I was ready to put to bed. So I put to bed. It was, it was a very painful process. I had lots of tears and all that. And then after everything, I was stitched up. Mm -hmm. I was taken back to my room to rest. And then the next thing I knew was that, okay, so that was around... Let's say, I think I put to bed around three, past three or so. The stitching and everything was basically around evening seven-ish. So I, I just went back to sleep. I was tired. So after that, I just knew that the next thing was that I found myself on the floor, right? Mm -hmm. So apparently, I had woken up mm -hmm. in the night. Like, I think around, not really in the night, I think around 11, 10, 11, okay. I woke up, tried to stand, and then I landed on the floor and mm. went out. Ouch. So the next time I opened my eyes, I just knew that, I mean, of course, like almost all the doctors and nurses in the hospital were in my room, you know, trying to fix stuff into my body, blah, 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 this and that. So, and apparently my whole bed... The yeah. whole bed where I was lying was soaked in blood. So yeah. basically, I was bleeding from the time I came to sleep and I could have bled to death. Yeah. If, if not that I 
felt like pain and I actually got up. It was when I got up and I fainted. So when I told one of my friends, you know, who came around and she had had a child before, she said that's why she doesn't sleep after giving birth. Like she's so scared of that thing. Like she doesn't sleep. She said she would open her eyes like this sleep. I will not sleep because I mean, imagine um, I didn't wake up, you know, you know, it would have just been, it's called postpartum hemorrhage. So when you just keep bleeding after, um, birth and in the past it used to be one of the biggest causes of death after birth oh. but in recent times yes in, like it used to be it used to be so common then you know women would just give birth and then keep bleeding mm. to death Ooh. yeah so but in recent times it's been you know because of advances in medicine and you know all that and all that it doesn't really cause as much deaths as before However, it's caused by so after when when after a woman pushes the baby out, right? Your womb is meant to the womb is meant to contract, which oh. would like sort of close all the blood vessels. Do you understand? Oh. Yes. So if your womb doesn't contract, your blood vessels are open and your blood just keeps bleeding out and the blood just keeps bleeding mm-hmm. out. So that was what happened to me. My blood vessels did not contract. And also, yeah, I mean, part negligence on the part of the hospital staff. They were supposed to have, you know, checked on me, like, maybe some minutes after to report. Yeah, fine. They checked on me they, to see if my womb was contracting before I left the theater where, where I was sewn up. But they should have still come back to, like, you know, verify and everything. And then if it wasn't contracting naturally, they should have given me something I, I don't remember what it's called now i don't remember what it's called it's a it's given in form of a drip to mm-hmm. make your womb contract it's the same thing they they give then, when they want to um, help you to when when like that induction thing that i told you about yes they could yeah. give that thing also to induce induction Jan, oh. so so actually when you're when you're when you are about to give it to a baby, right? Your womb is contracting to push out the baby, right? Oh. Now, the baby has come out. Your womb is still supposed to contract back to close up oh. the blood vessels. I don't know if, if, if that makes sense. Yes. It's so, yeah. So they should have given me that stuff after to contract my, my womb again. And I heard it was also because I did not, naturally give birth that was why i was susceptible to having pph which is like this short form of postpartum hemorrhage so because of the induction for some reasons i i i I don't remember all the details to be honest but so because of the induction my body did not naturally respond to the fact that okay now the baby is out that kind of thing so yeah they gave me that stuff and then yeah fine my life was saved i thank god and all that and i left home i left the hospital after a week you know because of everything i had to get blood i had to get a blood transfusion and all that and all that and all that so i i took a lot of time in the hospital and because of that i couldn't breastfeed my son so when i came back home and I said the battle of, okay, trying to breastfeed, trying to do this, trying to do that, and all that, and all that, and all that. But 
thankfully, I mean, after a few months of struggling, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> the first three months were basically experimenting and everything. I finally got a hang of it, resumed work, and um, yeah, that was that was it. But for my second son, mm-hmm. I felt like I had a lot more experience at that time. In fact, mm-hmm. it was. <laughs> I mean, I was even, it was, you know, by force I was going for antenatal visits because I felt, what really do you people want to tell me? <laughs> and, I, and I heard it always happens. <laughs> I heard it always happens. Like, you feel like you're a pro and all that. But the only thing that I told God was that for my second, I did not want postpartum hemorrhage anymore. And I wanted a short labor, right? So, um. When I had my first, my friend's mom, who is like my mom, came and then she said, oh, that what she does is she, she doesn't go, she does, the woman is, she's a very, um, how would I explain her? She's a very agile, active woman, do you understand? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, this is a little yeah. So she came and said, oh, that when she, she's pregnant, she stays at home till the baby uh, is like about to be born. And then she <laughs> goes to the hospital and just give birth. Uh, why did I stay in the hospital from like one night to the, to the next morning and, and all that and all that? So I tried to experiment that for my second. So uh-huh. for my second, the only difference was that I passed my due dates by like, you know, a, by like so many days. And the doctor was already saying that I should come to be induced. And I'm like, no. I don't want to be induced because I heard the process is very painful. Do you understand? Because they give you things that make the contractions come at okay. a force that is stronger than oh, what would yeah. naturally be produced by your body. And it's always extremely painful. If they're not doing that one, they will use a very um, a method that is very intrusive, you know, putting their hands down there and like, I didn't just like all that. So I decided that um, I would just try, I would wait and everything. So there was this night I walked, I think I took 20,000 steps in my house, up and down the stairs. And I'm like, if this child does not come out today, then (laughs) I will know that I've tried my best. Well, I've never walked 20,000 steps like that in my life. Like in 10, okay, so I, I complete, I have a Fitbit. I try to complete 10,000 steps in a day, which is quite easy because of the kind of work that I do. But then I've never done 20,000 steps like intentionally just at a go. I don't know if you get what I'm, what I'm trying yeah, to explain. So yeah, so I did 20,000 steps that day and I just went to sleep. And by the next afternoon, so that was on Saturday evening. By mm-hmm. the next afternoon, the contractions came and everything. I made sure the contractions were well advanced when my husband took me to the hospital. By the time my husband got to the hospital, there was really no time. The nurses kept shouting, why are you just coming now? <laughs> blah, 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 this and that. Me, I was just there. But immediately I just got to the hospital. Immediately they rushed to prepare the delivery room and mm-hmm. I gave birth. I started pushing in like almost immediately I had my baby and that was it. So it was a much smoother um, delivery process, shorter labor, everything, everything, everything. And I was really grateful to God. Yes. Yeah. So um, for the second one, I wasn't really a first time mom anymore. So it yeah. was, 
yeah, a lot of a lot of mistakes I made I could correct, a lot of things that I felt, oh, I didn't do right, I could improve on. Yeah, but it was it was pretty much the same. It was a boy too, so I didn't have to buy too many things. Although I felt guilty about the fact that really I don't always buy new things for my for my second child, you know, like because his brother <laughs> like has so many things that you know it hands down to him and, and all that. And so it wasn't it wasn't really it wasn't it wasn't anything major to be very honest. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's about it. Man, thanks. You you you've done like like a full stretch of information overload, and I'm just going to leave it out there. Whoever listens to it, they unpack it. Uh, like so, while you were talking, like some things were just standing out to me, and one thing I've never okay, I've maybe because uh, I'm never going to be pregnant or anything. <laughs> <laughs> one thing that has never crossed my mind is that, as you just mentioned, you just clicked. Like that nine months is actually the time to prepare. So if for people that plan that, okay, they, they want to have kids, they don't want to have kids, maybe they're married, and I think I'm in that category, and the child comes. So that nine months is actually the preparation period. And like, it's, what's the word? Like, it's one of those things that, yeah, it's something that you should know. But if you don't really think about it, and like, you took very deliberate actions, you took very deliberate steps, like, like you section out your month, your nine months by the nine footage of the spirit and all that, and you kind of like you did things. So that that deliberateness is something that is just striking me. That oh yeah, so once your wife is pregnant, it's not just counting down the days until she gives birth, the month exactly. in between, structure exactly. it out, and, and that's that's beautiful. And one thing I wanted to exactly. while you were talking there, the template you prepared, please share it with us. I'm as you just said the. And I'm like, I just thought, okay, maybe what I would do is I'll set up a website. Then if people come and talk about things that help them, I could just put it there. So maybe it's a template, if it's an app, if it's a recommendation. So it would just be like, oh, this is what worked for Ian. She did, 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 did this. So if somebody else that is in that phase and they want something, they could just come to the repository or whatever and just look at it and see what works for them and all that. And so... That would that would be great. Maybe after offline, we'll talk yeah. about if I can if it's something you could share. I'd I'd like to have yeah. that put it out there so anybody. Oh sure. Yeah. So one one aspect I'd like to capture is is like the change because for first time mom, I I think the change is, is sort of like there's always a an emotional reaction to the change because I'm uh, going from hot babe to pregnant babe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How did you deal? How did you deal with that 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 process? Okay, I, I don't want to sound funny, right? But like I said, um, one thing is I was very intentional. To be honest, I I actually told myself the, the amount of cages I wanted to add. I I so I googled and I found out that you there, there is a healthy level of extra cages so there's a way to calculate is basically how many cages you should add per month Mm -hmm. do you understand yeah so i was very intentional about that and i also found out that you don't exactly need to eat for two so it's a myth that you have to eat for two um and i found various hacks to the whole eating thing 
So basically, it's very simple. Um, if you could try, so, so you would get hungrier than normal. But the hack is to eat things that can make you fat. So for example, no matter how much you eat of apples, you cannot significantly add weight. No matter how much you eat of garden eggs, you cannot significantly add weight. So you see all those cravings where, you know, you have serious cravings and everything, and then you could now eat things that would make you add weight. I just had, I just always had fruits in my, in my house, mm. you know, and it was very easy for me to watch my weight. So I'll eat my normal meals, right, mm -hmm. during the day. And then, you know, those funny late night cravings and mm. all that and all that and all that. Yeah, I would just load up on fruits or things that cannot really make me add weight and I will be satisfied. So that was what I did. So I did not really add significant weight during oh. the time I was pregnant. So obviously I'm bigger than I was when I got married. And mm -hmm. for me, that's not the, I, I don't want to look the same way I looked when I got married. I mean, am I suffering? I'm not suffering. I have more <laughs> money at my husband's house. <laughs> Do you understand? So I don't, I don't, I, like, I, I don't, I went to me and I'm like, I do not plan to look the same way oh, you people. So yeah, I have to look like I, I'm chopping small life now, you get. So yeah, but I I do not have I I was I'm comfortable with I've always been comfortable with all the changes that occurred, right? Mm -hmm. And the only thing that I so the first for my first baby, mm -hmm. I it wasn't even like I tried to snap back. I just I just continued living my normal life basically. So when I put to bed, I, I thought I needed to eat a lot more because of breastfeeding. Yeah. you understand actually you need to actually eat a lot to be able to i didn't understand how much you actually need to eat to breastfeed a child well it's it's a lot trust me and that one you can't really be eating fruits and garden egg like you have to eat like eat amala eat <laughs> like eat things i'm serious you really <laughs> you really 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 need to eat so that one there was really nothing i could do about it but i think also um I heard, and I think it's very true, that breastfeeding makes you shed a lot of weight. Breastfeeding in itself makes you shed a lot of weight, right? And I know that, I mean, some people choose not to breastfeed. Some cannot breastfeed. And mm -hmm. I mean, that is absolutely okay, right? But I'm talking about my experience and what works for me. Like I said, I always do what works for me, to be very honest. Like I could tell you the many things that I did not do like I mean I, I didn't just bother myself because I didn't have anyone around to help me and all that and all that so you get so I'm just talking about things that I was able to do yeah not to um, say this is the perfect template or anything yeah so I ate a lot after I had my baby to, to breastfeed and all that and to be honest, I didn't really do anything special to actually lose the weight. But I think lack of stress can actually make you lose weight. The job that I do will make you lose weight. You know, <laughs> different things will just make you lose weight. You get so I I don't know. I'm sure the size that I am now, and it's not it's not terrible, right? It's not bad. You get so yeah. But for my second, um, 
So one of my friends, that my older friend that I said sort of gave me tips when I was pregnant and all that, she yeah. told me that second borns are always the the body changes for like second borns are always more stubborn than those of you know the yes. So I had issues with my tummy for the second one. You know, mm-hmm. I had to consciously. So now I, I'm still working out, you know, and doing things. So I try to work out at least three times a week, oh, you know, it. that kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I actually work out. See, let me tell you, my workout is 10 minutes. As I said, this life, Bruno, <laughs> I cannot stress myself. Any workout that is more than 10 minutes, I'm not doing. So I have to find the one that is comfortable. Seriously, because I'm telling you, and I work out in the morning, you know, before I go to work. Oh, That's wow. just to tell you how, like, sometimes I do it every day. So it depends on when I wake up, how much time I have in the morning and all that. You know, mm-hmm. but at least I know I get to do, like, the plan is to do it every day, actually, every day, every yeah, day you know. Yes, but, yes, but sometimes it doesn't just work out. But I know that even if I have just 10 minutes, I can complete my exercise, you know. And I believe that if I do 10 minutes of exercise every single day after six months, there is no jazz. I would see changes. <laughs> do you understand? So I believe yeah. in little efforts that are consistent over you know, big things, right? So yeah, presently that's what I'm doing. I, my last meal is eating at, uh, let's say three, four in the evenings. I take fruits, you know, I, I don't cook dinners once I get home from work. Um, yeah, I, I just try my best, really. I try, I, I buy a two liter, I buy a two liter bottle. I fill it up with water every morning. I try to finish it. In the evening, I know that okay. Once I finish that bottle, I would have taken two liters. Sometimes I take much more than the bottle, but every time I, every day, I try not to take less than the bottle. I try not to eat sugar. I try not to take minerals. I mean, basic, basic. Because I don't want to die young too. Now, like I, I cannot die young, Bruno. So, <laughs> so yeah, that that is so for me. Is that really? I'm not really. A, I don't know, like. I'm not really a um um oh I must have a perfect body kind of thing. You know, my husband would be like, babe, you have two children. No, nobody's expecting you to have like table flat stomach. Do you understand? Like my husband too is okay. not very like you know. Yeah, like it's like I mean, you have two children, so why why are you looking for a table flat stomach? Like where is the evidence that you have two children? You know, and you know he. It makes jokes out of it again. So I think all those things. I'm not really a. I'm not so body like as long as I'm not. Yeah. Maybe excessive and all. I just take life easy. I try to live healthy more because I I know that I don't want to die young. I think I think sugar is really bad. I think too much of salt is really bad. You know all those things. I think I think and I think you don't see the impact now. You know, yeah. why I have seen old people around me that do not even look their age. And I've seen people that are not so old and they, 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 they came up with one illness or the other because of, you know, unhealthy habits. You know, I mean, I know 70 year old people that look 50 and I know it's because they eat well, they live well, you know, they are active and all that. So, yeah, yeah I just try to do as much as I can and yeah that's it for me nothing nothing serious 
kind of like your style like understand first like trying to like, understand who you are and you're honest about your about you yourself then that minimum effort that you can be consistent with like you do that and you're just consistent with it and for the exercise and all those things like if you if you walk out regularly you find out that they tell you that 80 percent of of exercise or being in shape is the meal 20 percent is just the exercise so exactly having, like, yes you could actually like, lose weight without exercising yeah yeah so having like a healthy meal eating right it helps it helps but like that's that's interesting that's interesting like i want to capture like the moments like for your first and your second child like what was what were like the most difficult moments for you i know everybody has that so so tell me what were the most difficult moments for you Okay, lack of sleep. Basically, I don't think there is a way you have a baby and you sleep. It's just the, the two don't just go together, right? <laughs> the two do not like. I mean, having a baby and sleeping, they don't just go together. There is no magic wand you want to use. You would not be able to sleep at least for the first six months, at least, at mm. least, or maybe let's say for the first four months, right? Because some people really sleep train their babies very early mm -hmm. right so yeah but i mean for the first three months there is nothing absolutely nothing you want to do you would oh my god i mean i mean <laughs> i remember one day that you know my son was crying and i just left him to be crying because you know Ooh. i could not come <laughs> to kill myself that very day you know my husband you know that's why i I used feeding bottles a lot. Me, I, I go to work, so there is no way I want to even do it. So I use feeding bottles a lot. Also, so that somebody can help me, yeah. right? Someone can help me feed the child, right? So yeah, it was it was a lot better because you know my husband and I used to take turns in feeding um, the babies and all that. You know, I, I mean, uh, like for both of them and all that. But yeah. That lack of sleep was like a major, major, major headache. Considering the fact that I had to wake up early in the morning and mm. um, go to work, you know, and all that, like after your short maternity leave and everything. So, yeah, that lack of sleep was like a thing. But I, I didn't have challenges with my children in themselves, like, you know, Apart from the, the times when I couldn't, I couldn't sleep. It was it was very it was very frustrating for me. Trust me, like it's it's not funny when you can't sleep. When you can't sleep more than two three hours every night, and you know you try to sleep, the child cries, and you're like like what is all this now? Like <laughs> what is all this? You know, yeah. So that was like the most challenging aspect, and then getting care. For my children i think that's another thing that that drives people crazy especially in lagos if i don't know about any other states see i i tell people that lagos was not built for you for people that have children to work you mm -hmm. know so those people that have children and are working they're just winging it mm -hmm. like they're just winging it it's very See, getting care in Lagos can, can drive one crazy, to be very honest, because except you're lucky, you know, and I mean, it's a blessing if you have maybe 
grandparents that can come to stay mm-hmm. in your house and all that. I mean, and it also depends on your your family setting, really, and your so sometimes having people stay with you is not as beneficial as as it seems. It actually comes with more troubles, right? Yeah. So it, it depends on your family setup and all that. And some parents can't even come because I mean um they also have their husbands like yeah. then like you understand like you get my own dad is late but i have friends whose moms couldn't come because they're like yeah my husband yeah your husband i'll take care of your husband let me take care of my husband <laughs> that kind of thing you know but yeah getting you don't want to leave your children with house helps that you don't know at the same time you have to go to work so if you say you want to put them in crashes or daycares, I mean, this COVID period was even more challenging because, hmm, I mean, all those places were even closed down. And even when they weren't closed down, you knew that there was, I mean, it was high risk, even leaving your house in itself. You get talk more of taking a baby that has no zero, like very little level of immunity, you know, to stay with strangers in a daycare, the whole thing could just really impact your mental health when you start thinking of how to care for your child. So for me, that was a very, 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 very big challenge and all that, um, getting a daycare for our children and even for the older one, okay, when he comes back from school with the school bus, where does he stay till, you know, we come back from work? and all that, and all that, and all that, but somehow, right, like, I, I believe in the power of prayers a lot, and somehow, I don't know, like, I, I just pray about things that trouble me, and somehow, it just gets sorted, so right now, all those issues that I had, you know, with getting the help, with daycare, with this, with this, with that, with that, they've all been sorted, but yeah, as at the time, it was was mm-hmm. extremely it was extremely mentally distressing for me. Well, well like thing like hearing about people's challenges, it's because everybody deals with 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 the whole childbearing process differently. The pain points for you and the pain points for somebody else is is not the same. But like when you exactly when you have when you like collate all of them, you find out that but there's a thread and one person will shall face some of these things and something like, similar, yeah. And just having it out there so people will listen and be like, okay, yeah. So they know, oh, this might happen. And and let me see how I'm gonna what's it called plan for it. And and I think for me, most interestingly, is it's just been like expo, like talking to people, <laughs> just listening to their story yeah. and thinking, okay, what if this happens to in my own situation? How do I do? Okay, how do they manage it? So like like it's it's fun so one thing i want to ask you about like um before we kind of like end, end this is your young mom's prey that's like the yeah the page you run and all that like talk a little bit about it and how it's helped you in your journey so far okay so yeah when after i had after we had our first son like I said, I was winging everything. I was Googling everything. <laughs> and, you know, myself and my husband and all, this and all that. 
And then, you know, one day, you know, it just came by inspiration that mm-hmm. I should set up a page where people like me, you know, who don't know so much, but are also just winging it and, you know, mm-hmm. all that, could just provide emotional, physical, spiritual, financial, whatever form of mm-hmm. support to, you know, one another. And at the time, I only knew about eight people mm-hmm. that had children like me, like first-time moms. Some were my friends from way back secondary school. That okay. I mean, I had their numbers, and like I knew, so I had their numbers. I knew they got married. I knew they had children. But you know, it wasn't like we were close. I don't know if you get that kind of thing. Yes, yeah. so I just sent the message out to about eight people. I mean. And I wasn't even sure they would answer me. <laughs> I wasn't sure they would respond and all that. And, you know, they joined. And it was like, I mean, that is still one of my, that is still one of my happiest moments ever. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone joined and it was like, they had been looking for something like that. <laughs> Do you understand? <laughs> And I'm like, oh my God, here I was just afraid, you know, wondering if this book would even answer me. But I, but I knew that the idea did not come from me, you know. Mm-hmm. And one thing I, one thing, one thing that also makes me not really, really, really so skeptical about doing things is I feel like when ideas like that drops in our minds or when God tells us, us to go on with things like that, we we overthink it and we feel like oh you know because when this social media age this internet age you know and um sometimes we think that popularity validates our assignments right Mm -hmm. so and i'm like so what if it's only eight people and i that are just catching crews and having fun you know and supporting <laughs> one another do you understand would well, that mean that i haven't fulfilled the purpose no that that like do you understand so mm-hmm. yeah for me that was even i'm like even if it's only three of us on this group i mean the lesser the better i won't be i won't be struggling with you know managing a group that has you know so many people and all that you know and so that again gave me boldness and the fact that i knew that this wasn't something I had thought about before. And I knew that, okay, um, it was more of an assignment that God gave me. And if I didn't do it, I, I, I just wouldn't be able to sleep well at night as well. So I was like, what's the big deal? What's the worst that will happen? So I did it. And I mean, that group has, the, the WhatsApp group will soon get maxed out. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, it's, it's such a fabulous, fantastic place. Um, it's been running for two years. I have an Instagram page as well where yeah. I share prayers and everything. But yeah, it was born out of that situation that I found my, myself in where I didn't have like support, so to say, mm-hmm. right? And that community has been so incredible. It has, it, has, it has fulfilled everything that, you know, was laid upon my heart and how I envisioned it to be. And, you know, people just keep inviting people. People just keep inviting their friends, their sisters. My male friends invite their wives, their sisters. And, you know, it's just fabulous. It's just awesome. And, yeah, we've been, we've been there. Oh, we've been there supporting each other. I mean, community is so important in life. Like, 
it is very you we all need support we all need support and i mean the right type of support a a a, a woman a mother a wife a first time mom a second time mom we need support sometimes we get it from family sometimes we don't right that's the reality but but i i believe that god would always send the right kind of support and you know for the group it's a different kind of support because it's not your it, yeah fine even if you are supposed from family and all that there's something about women like you your age okay. mates you know yeah. like your same i don't know if you get that, that kind of okay. thing right it's a, there's a way it hits differently right when mm-hmm. you know we're all talking about all oh, the struggles we face with work like even the problems we're having, you know, like navigating things and all. Yes, fine. You might get pieces of advice from your mom and you know older people, but you know there's just a there's just a gap that is that is filled by having people that are just like you, mm-hmm. exactly like you, even though you might not know them. So it's been a very 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 fabulous space by God's grace, and I'm really thankful to God. Yeah, like it's. I kind of like I like the idea <clears throat> behind the group and all that. Like, and I, I think it was part of the things that kind of like um, pushed me along to do this podcast. I was because I was thinking about it mostly from a selfish angle, anyway. That oh, okay, if I'm thinking I want to get married, if I'm thinking I want to be a father, what do I know? So, what is the best way to do, have conversations with people that have been through the process and actually learn from them? So <clears throat> when I saw that your group, I, I think I saw it when I started and I'm like, okay, like this thing is actually in need and, <clears throat> excuse me, and he is feeling this need in a way. What if I can do something else and talk about it? And so like half people share their experience because everybody's experience is unique. Like listening to yeah. it actually helps somebody. And, and that's actually like, you're doing a fantastic job. Like you're one person. And you too, trust me. <laughs> yeah, doing a very fantastic job. And you know, a lot of times we don't know how much impact we're actually making. Trust me, yeah. Bruno, you are doing a fantastic. And you know, the fact that you're a guy, I mean, it hits differently. Trust <laughs> me, you are doing well. Let me add on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> so to be last... honest, you are doing well. Thank you. I I I know I need to let you go soon because I know you have a busy schedule. But before I let you go, there's there's one question. I just I like to have um like working mom, like I like to have them share like how pregnancy and their career, how they're able to manage it either during the pregnancy, giving birth, and that process, like how you're able to either strike a balance or not strike a balance. How how did that work out for you? Yeah, so like I said before, working and I don't know, I like, I like, <laughs> honestly, I wish there yeah, was a monetary, like, you know, I wish it was like a monetary at the back of my house, you yeah. know, that I would just pluck money from and all that. But, you know, I have to work and whatever choices we make, our personal choices, right? And, oh, but there were times I felt like resigning, you know, because of the whole inconvenience and everything that I spoke about. Mm-hmm. But um, I think one of the, my best decisions too is not resigning personally, personally for me, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, for someone else, it might 
resigning might have been one of their own best decisions. I don't know if you get what I mean. Yeah. But for me, not resigning was one of my best decisions because um, like that season of difficulty came and went and I'm like, oh, what if I had resigned? I'll not be trying to look for another job mm-hmm. and you know, all that and all that and all that. Yeah, fine. Like I could get another job now, but I mean, it wouldn't be because you know, I resigned and I didn't have anything. I don't know if you get what I mean. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, um, it's very challenging, actually. It's, it can be challenging, but I think um, pregnancy in general, right, it's um, different people have different experiences, like you have pointed out and all that, and, you know, from even the different people that have come on the call. So, but I feel like you should just try to function as best as you can mm-hmm. in your office, right? While you are pregnant, you know, just do your best as much as your strength carries you. Don't be someone that keeps giving excuses because you are pregnant. Pregnancy is not sickness, right? Mm-hmm. I know some people have challenging, um, sincerely challenging pregnancies. I don't know if you get what I'm saying, but yeah. generally, if you're fine, if you're okay, and it's, you know, just the basic things about pregnancy, just try your best. To like do whatever you can at work. Don't be so lazy at work and all that. And that's for the nine months, right? Yeah. Like I said, you have a whole nine months. So I think towards the end, you get really tired and all, and that's understandable. But I mean, the initial stages, you could, I mean, you could work, you could do what every other person does. You know, yeah, apart from maybe if you're in an industry where you do like a little bit of heavy lifting and all that and all that you could just turn down that but generally right you could do as well as any other person who is not pregnant at your job and everything and then yeah um three months of maternity leave is never enough to be honest but <laughs> that's what most nigerian companies give and all so but it's challenging to be very honest it's very challenging but when it comes to the work itself just just do your best, just um, just do your best. I know, like I said, I didn't have a help. I had to take a, like a lot of time off, much more than I should have really taken an all. But when I'm present, I do my best, right? So if I, if I have to not be around, well, it's because of situations that I cannot really, really, like really control, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, just doing your best, I think, is just the solution for me. Yeah. I, I think I like I like your sentiment and all that. Like the whole idea that you're you're pregnant, yes, it has challenges. Yes, some people face tougher times, but if you're yeah. not that way, like if you're just putting your best, so yes. it won't be like playing on compassion that oh I'm pregnant, so pity me, or oh I'm pregnant, so do this exactly so, yeah yeah giving you that's 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 actually very lovely uh i i know if we want to keep talking we'll be here for like ever and i know you have to go <laughs> i know, <laughs> I know right? well, let I, i'll let you go there maybe sometime we would have this conversation again and this time i'd like to have a conversation with you and your husband or something because i like oh to, yeah his perspective yeah, I, will be unique <laughs> yeah. so we'll set that up so for now Thank you. Thank you very much and have a lovely day. You too. Bye. Bye.